0: Uh, 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 What's up everybody,
1: welcome in. This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Pod. Uh, Today we're going to be breaking down a big Vols win in Athens. The Tennessee Volunteers came back. It was sloppy. It wasn't the prettiest game, but um, our boys were able to get it done in Athens, eighty five to seventy nine, improving to two and one in the SEC. So, yeah, it was a, a huge game. The leading scorer in in the entire game was Dalton Connect, who went totally nuclear, uh, dropped thirty six points, four rebounds, three assists. Totally, was just amazing five of eight from deep georgia was led in scoring by jabri Abdur rahim we're at 21 points they played a more team-based game i would say we were kind of carried by by two players for most of it again but we'll get into that what would you guys think first of all about the big win
2: go ahead ryan
0: well to me uh, i think i think it's exceedingly funny that we let them get up by 11 and then just shattered their hopes and dreams in the last five minutes. And I, I know that was certainly not the intention, but you know, snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat in, in Athens in any sport is always fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I literally said that before we started recording. It's it's just like Tennessee was like, let's let's let them feel like they're going to win and just win at the end. But, um, I do want to point out that uh, Triple J is nowhere to be found. Um, I don't understand why he even came back to play college to boost his draft stock. I think he's just lowering it at this point. <laughs> but um, he's going to need to find some sort of rhythm. And he, same thing with Vescovy. He he hit a big shot there at the end of the game, um, which was great. But uh, these two seniors, man, they got to find something because... And I'm glad it's happening now at the beginning of SEC play because hopefully at the end they're going to be in rhythm. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, Triple J was call a spade a spade. He was pretty awful. Um, 2 of 9 on field goals, 0 of 3 from deep. Ended up with 4 points. He did get 6 rebounds, which was 2nd on the team behind Adu. Uh, but it's just not the type of performance you're expecting from Triple J. I mean, got like you said, Triple J and Vescovy have been here for so damn long. You, you would expect there to not be as many, like, rookie mistakes and, like, inconsistencies in their game at this point. So I think it's a little concerning that, that that's still a thing. I mean, if if Connect scores 26 instead of 36, we lose the game. Light.
0: yeah to, to me the biggest thing with with those two is that as two senior leaders you, you both are fifth year seniors okay a part of your job is to set the tone for the rest of the team in the last two games they're failing miserably it's like you just said Bryce if and connect and even a do in this in this last game I, I want to be be sure that we remember to talk about Jonas Adu. They all st- st- like stepped up and on that 24 to tw- 21 to four run to end the game, Josiah was firmly on the bench and, and Masek was in the game for him. And it turned out to be a big, big, big part of the reason that we won the game. But I, I think I texted to y'all yesterday during the game, like, like George is clowning us. They're, dunking on us they're shimmying after hitting the shot none of that bullshit happened, happened when Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams were, were roaming the court for us because they the other team knew that we, we were not going to let that fly like e- either we would knock them to the ground or dunk on them right back so to me it's, it's more the they're, they're not setting the tone for the rest of the team right now
2: yeah, it just feels like a normal Tennessee sports team that just doesn't show up on the road, dude. Like I, I'm glad we came up with the win, but we honestly shouldn't have won that game, and it just it just can't happen. It's two games in a row, and um, but yeah, I agree, Ryan. I I would not be taking that lightly if I was playing basketball during with kids shimmying in my face, and and Zika was about the only one doing nothing. I mean. Sakai was talking mad smack the whole game. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you saw the replay of him stealing the ball with a big smile on his face. Like, <laughs> yeah. nothing makes me happier seeing that kid do well because, I mean, the way his season ended last year, i love to see, you know, him back because, I mean, without Sakai, this team, ooh, I'd be worried because Sakai, I know we, you know, we go down on him a little bit, but, you know... He's he's the four general of this team, like with him, his defensive presence. I mean, he could score when he needs to, but he facilitates the offense. And without him, and obviously Dalton Connect. I mean, ah, that dude could not miss. <laughs> but uh but he yeah, has a huge piece to this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you just said. Instead of our two fifth years, s- setting the tone. As far as the the mental edge goes, it, it was Zakai Ziegler, and I think a lot of that has to do with him being from New York, and just having that type of swagger to him. I'm sure that, that you can speak to that, Jim. Oh, um, yeah. Like they they have a chip on their shoulder, and I I saw a video of Dalton Connect talking shit too. He was just talking to somebody in the crowd or somebody videoing this him. Said, this is my court. This is my court, and it, it, it certainly was. But by the by the time the the game ended, but uh. It's, it's that like experience is supposed to mean something when you're talking about two fifth year seniors and to me they're just too passive at times both in the game and then the the game within the game you know but the the reason that I'm mad at them I'm so mad at them for the last two games is the same reason that I expect them both to turn it around soon so I um, and, and Rick Barnes said as much he, he doesn't expect Josiah to stay like this the rest of the season so we, we can only hope that they both will turn around come Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, well said.
1: Um, I, I think it's another thing that you can't really discredit any win that we get in Athens because it's been a tough place to play. Anywhere on the road, really, but especially Athens. I think, I don't remember what it is. It's like before this game, we'd won like one out of the last five in Athens. So... Yeah. You can't really any any win that you get there is good. And you know, it's good because if you're sitting at one and two right now in the SEC instead of two and one, you're down there with like Arkansas and Vanderbilt and you're depressed. So that win makes a huge difference. Dalton Connect is amazing. Um did y'all come away from the game thinking that Georgia was a better team? No. Okay, I didn't
2: either. Uh, the the main thing with this basketball team, and I don't know if you guys noticed it, the past two games, is they turn the ball over so much, it's ridiculous. Because even in the Mississippi State game, we don't lose that game if we have three or four less turnovers, and it's just insane to me on just the way we're handling the ball right now.
0: Yeah, um, Georgia was on fire for. <laughs> shooting beyond the arc to start the second half um blue Kane, Knoxville native uh, with who, who i wish was on the team by the way he was raining threes on us i mean it, it's they just seem to have hot shooting and, and riding the crowd i do not think they're a better team also bryce i'm sure you'll appreciate this uh abdur rahim's son being at georgia is kind of sad like you, 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 yeah. you would think that 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 he's a, a better better caliber player than that?
1: <laughs> you would think that. Like, I don't know. That seems like he'd get it. Where did his dad go? I forget. I,
0: I don't okay. remember, but I know he, he's a, he's a Grizzlies legend. So it's 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 low key sad, especially him missing the two threes at the rhythm. That so we- Sharif,
1: yeah, Sharif played for Cal, which I don't. I don't know if that's much better, but Sharif was a great NBA player for a while. Um, yeah, overall, though, I agree with you guys. I don't think Aunt Georgia did anything very impressive, really. I mean, like like you said, we hurt ourselves quite a bit. and We just didn't look right. Um, well,
2: the
0: the the turnovers is like Jim started with, like this that that's the big problem and. Like the guy Ziegler was turning the ball over, like he was handing out candy in the first half, but <laughs> but he eventually turned it around. And we 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 started the game with a turnover, like two seconds in, we won the tip and then threw it out of bounds. Like, what do you was, think is
1: for both of you guys? I, I'm curious. What do you think is behind the slow starts? Like you would like, obviously Rick Barnes knows about it, and like he knows he's he's a great coach. Like how is that something that isn't fixed yet?
2: I don't know. I- I, that it's kind of mind baffling to me because I'm trying to think the only thing that comes to mind is like, are they getting this, this top five team to the, is it, is it, you know, in their head that they're, you know, this powerhouse team. I just don't, maybe that's the case where they think they're just going to blow teams out. I don't know. I just can't think of anything else.
0: Well, in the last game, it wasn't really a slow start. We kind of just took our foot off the gas. I mean, Dalton next started the game on fire. He had nine points before the four minute timeout the the first um, media timeout. I mean, and we sustained a lot of the momentum through the first half. We were up 14 with four minutes left and then we gave up that 15-0 run. that gave them the lead. But, you know, the the slow starts to me, it comes down to what we started this with is that when your two seniors aren't setting the tone, it's hard for everybody else, unless they just have it within them to set the tone themselves. Like, it's I I think I really think it comes down to the, the leadership amongst the players for, for these slow starts. Cause I, the the, certainly not the coaches. I mean, the the coaches are a little bit to blame considering that this has happened in the past, but it didn't happen when Admiral and Grant were on the court. Like, like, like I said earlier, like I really think it comes down to the, to the players.
1: What do you guys think? Um, This is another kind of stinker from Ganey. Um,
0: Hmm.
1: Freddie DeLeon didn't didn't really play I mean he played four minutes I think so Doesn't seem like at least You know at least right now it doesn't look like Danny's in danger of losing his spot I guess they're just going to keep trotting him out there And until... Which honestly though I don't know Like I mean he only took Actually he didn't take He took one three Against Georgia right and he missed it obviously But like do you keep trotting him out there until he starts hitting a stride? I mean, at what point? At what point do you bench him?
2: To me, I feel like you bench him. Uh, I think it's right now because it's not like he's this elite defensive player. Like, yeah, he's not that's he, the thing. He's not Mayshak, and he's not even average. Like, right? He's It'd a be different. Ability. Yeah, yeah. It'd be different if he's a a Mayshack type defender. But the dude is ice cold. Um, and he's not an amazing, he, he's a below average defender. Um, at this point, you you got De Leon, you got Jefferson on the bench, you got a bunch of athletes that you could test out because you're going to need someone, and maybe Daniel will turn it around, but you know, you need somebody to step up because obviously, you're going to have nights like Triple J did and Vescovy did, and you need that. You know a Ganey to have that ten points because if Ganey has ten points, this game's not even close. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah i I think y'all said it perfectly. like if you're gonna be ice cold from shooting when you're supposed to be a, a scoring spark off the bench and you don't give much on the defensive end, you're unplayable in in my eyes like you have to you have to get it from somebody else? like well,
1: that's kind of that's a good point, Jim. like if Ganey had ten points, we win him going away. Uh, that's a good way to look at it, because I, I mentioned like if Connect didn't hit a couple of those threes, we would have lost. But the real way to look at it is if any of our starters pulled their head out of their ass or if Ganey contributed something, we win by a
2: lot. So well, that's the same thing as the Mississippi State game. If yeah. If Triple J has 10 points, even 10 points, I mean, this game is a double digit win. And same thing with Mississippi State. We win that game. And we can't be having this from especially the, the the seniors that are gone after this year. So we'll see. I mean, I just don't expect Triple J to be this way this whole year. And like I said in, earlier in the pod, I, I'm glad it's happening right now. I'd rather not be happening in late February or March.
1: With Triple J or um, Vescovy, it's a little bit less concerning, I think, because just because we have a, such a proof of concept with them, like for so many seasons, we've seen them be solid players. So it's a little bit less concerning with them. With Ganey, though, I mean, yes, he had some good games at the beginning of the season, but there's not as much of a proof of concept there, like if he can handle the tough conference play and stuff, you know? So it's – I'm a little concerned about Ganey right now. I'm not going to lie. I think – uh you know, Rick wants to play him because, you know, his dad's a coach and all that. But he'd probably be sitting for a week.
2: Well, um, my thing is, Rick, he's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he's I mean, you got to see this as an issue. And even if it's, you know, yeah, you don't have to bench bench him. But I mean, Freddie, I mean, with four minutes, why doesn't, um, you know, Ganey get eight minutes or you know cut cut his minutes in half maybe that sparks like a something in him to where he starts hitting shots a little bit you know i don't know maybe maybe it's something like that that'll fix him if i'm Ganey, i'm in the gym non-stop you know shooting shooting the ball you know as much as i can trying to get out of this slump because it makes no sense to where he's Inside Michigan State's arena, just going off, and then all of a sudden now he can't hit a shot.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Because, I mean, I do think we're going to need him later on. It's always nice to have a guy, a lethal sharpshooter off the bench in big games. So hopefully that, you know, he doesn't lose confidence too bad and he can get it together later. Uh, we got to talk about the funniest news of the weekend. Kentucky
2: losing. Oh, yeah, please.
1: Even with the ref's help, Kentucky found a way to lose. Um, Oh, my
2: God. Those are the two most horrendous calls I've seen in a long time, in a very long time.
1: I mean, it's not even – I know other fan bases get annoyed when we talk like this, but, like, Alabama football, or I should say Nick Saban coach teams, and Kentucky basketball just objectively get bullshit calls. I, you'd have to be blind to not see that, like they do, um, and it was pretty egregious. Luckily though, they lost.
2: Well, they only scored what two points in the overtime.
0: Mm. An so overtime they, that sh- that should not have even happened.
2: Nothing. Oh yeah, nothing to take away. Texas A&M played stellar. They did. They 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 went into that game saying we're winning this game, but it was hilarious because all the Kentucky fans trolling us about, Oh, you lost to Mississippi state. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and they lose to Texas A&M. So, you know, it's funny to lose to a maroon team on a Saturday. I'd rather lose to them on a, a Wednesday.
1: Yeah. I or mean, to... more eyes on it. And by the way, Mississippi state's Mississippi state's been better than Texas A&M. So
2: yeah, another takeaway yeah. way Texas A&M, like we're not saying anything bad about them, but you know, uh, yeah, Kentucky should have won that game.
0: Well, this, this is what I try to you know tell people who freak out over one conference loss is that the SEC, for the last five years, has been one of the best basketball conferences. And whatever, whenever you go on the road, especially, it's hard to win. And besides for, like, three teams, it's hard to win on the road in the SEC. And it, it always will be when you're playing eight on five, like – when you play teams like Kentucky, like, it's it's going to happen. You're going to lose games in conference. I honestly think line.
1: I, you're 100% right. I honestly think there are only two teams that we should be embarrassed by losing to this year in conference, and it's Missouri and Vanderbilt. Anybody else, I don't think you could really be, like, flat-out embarrassed. Like, okay, I know even Arkansas is down, but, like, Arkansas is a program that is historically a good program, and they're just down right now. Missouri and Vanderbilt are terrible. Like you, you can't lose to them. But you're right. Yeah, Missouri like, blew. A... Did you, just anywhere else in the South is going to be a tough game, guys. And guess what? We're probably going to lose another road road game.
0: It's yeah.
1: Honestly, sure it's maybe too.
2: Happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just part of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't expect like yes, do we want our team to go, you know, the rest of the way and not lose? Of course, I mean, everyone does, but I mean, the SEC being so well rounded, especially you know teams play amazing on their home court, um, it's just it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's just what yeah. games, you know, it's games that you know, like I like yes, of course I want to be Kentucky in Rupp Arena, but like if we lose that game, I mean, we we expected that. It's not, you know, but it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, any more thoughts on a wild little weekend of basketball?
0: Yeah. No. Um, I, I just want to drive home the point that Jonas, they do bounce back in a tremendous way. I mean, 10 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks. That's a pretty good outing from your five. That's that's gonna win you games when you're being being that effective at protecting the rim. The
2: fifteen of foul trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah, the the fifteen rebounds is awesome. Um
1: uh, considering George's seven footer, the guy that I was talking about, Tachiwa. Uh he's, awful. he's seven foot tall and he somehow got three rebounds. Uh that's pretty embarrassing. He sucks. He got one point three <laughs> rebounds. So, he sucks. He, he,
0: <laughs> he, he's one of the worst big men I've ever seen take the floor in an SEC game. Guys, just whipping a new one. shit. Th- th- that is no hyperbole. Every no, I mean I fall, don't know
1: how you can be seven foot tall and look like you're five nine.
2: It, uh, have yeah. we seen the Missouri guy, the white guy?
0: Hanover, Vanover. Yeah, the it? guy
2: is, looks like he's like eight foot tall.
0: Oh, he used to play for
1: Arkansas.
2: Yeah. yeah oh, talk about Arkansas. They are. Yeah. Woo.
1: Arkansas, so guys, any listeners that don't know, I guess we'll just go over the notable SEC stuff. Uh, Arkansas got got their shit rocked by Florida, and you know it is a SEC road game for them, but Florida's not exactly terrifying to anybody, and they just absolutely dominated Arkansas, ninety to sixty eight.
2: Wait, are we are we talking shit about Florida because they come to town this week?
1: Oh, we know. They're um Florida's 1 and 2. Well, Florida improved to 1 and 2 after destroying Arkansas. Arkansas falls to 0 and 3, which I mean, nobody expected that, I don't think. Did anybody expect Arkansas to be 0 and 3 in the SEC? Oh, I don't
2: no. No. I, don't know. I think our close is, uh,
1: Arkansas is one of the teams that we kind of thought was going to be a like tougher win to get, so that's kind of
2: well, nice to see, I guess. I wanna I wanna just point out, that, and I've seen people like put their like SEC power rankings out. The fact that people still are putting like, and don't get Auburn is number one to me right now. Auburn's playing very well, um, but people are putting Alabama at number two. I think that's laughable. Like Tennessee and Kentucky are still two and three to me, and Alabama's fourth. But like. I I just just cuz they're 3 and 0 doesn't make them the number 2 SEC team. That's just my opinion.
1: No, I mean I agree with you and then look at who they played. I mean now the South Carolina that's impressive. Like what they did to South Carolina is very impressive in my opinion. But I mean barely beating Vanderbilt, wow, who cares? Uh there's a couple high schools that could beat Vanderbilt. Um uh, <laughs> Beating Mississippi State is a good win. It's just you know, it's a solid win. But
0: at Mississippi State too. That's yeah, I mean
1: one. that's that was impressive yesterday. Um, but I don't see anything. I mean, if you want to go like every time they played a good team this year, they lost. Like Purdue, Creighton, Arizona, Clemson, Ohio State. Like they like they've beaten up on a lot of shit teams.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm not too concerned about Anybody who thinks that right now, because we get a chance to prove it in six days at home that we're better than them. Um, I want to mention, I mean, you, you, you just mentioned to Bryce, but South Carolina is the most, the most surprising team in the SEC to me right now. Yeah. I, I know that they had to go to overtime to beat Missouri, but again, it's it's on the road. They they came back in the final minute, hit, hit a big three to get it to overtime. And then they cleaned house from there. I mean, they're they, they playing far better than I expected and If if we have to go down there, which I'm pretty sure we do, that's going to be a tough game. I Um, mean, both,
1: yeah, South Carolina and then uh, both Mississippi schools, I think, have really been impressive given, you know, compared to expectations. So,
0: I also think it's crazy that we've played three games in the SEC and there's two undefeated teams left in, in conference. That just speaks to how... Top to bottom, good this conference is because yeah. like we, we're we clowning on Arkansas right now. But I think by this time next month, they will be above 500, 500 in conference play because that seems to always happen with, with Arkansas basketball.
2: Yeah. And do we want to talk about, um, geez, like the number one through what six teams lost
0: the, in, in the country? Yeah. Yeah. The I honestly
2: play. don't see the AP poll moving at all.
0: It, it really shouldn't. I mean, the Connecticut is probably your, your number one team.
2: Yeah, and I see Auburn taking a good jump too.
0: Yeah, Auburn looks thoroughly dominant. I mean, they, they tried to, to blow the lead last night, but they didn't. Um, But, yeah, UConn was the only top 16 to not lose, so I think they'll be number one. And Auburn will probably make their way into the top 10.
2: I think Kentucky might move down a couple.
0: Maybe. I
2: mean, like, he's, uh,
1: they'll definitely move down.
2: Houston, I don't think should have been up there, but that's just my opinion.
1: I just couldn't believe that uh, Houston lost two in a row, really. I mean, Grant, you can say, I mean, were they probably a little overrated? Yeah, but I think that Seth Greenberg said it on ESPN this morning. It's kind of like proof that there is a ton of above average teams this year and not very many elite ones.
2: I want. I just want to say, I'm. I'm actually starting to get worried of what this basketball team's going to look like next year. Really? Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. You know, I don't uh, know. If, you, if if we're clowning on Josiah and Vaskovi, I, I don't think we'll miss them too much unless they go on a, you know, crazy run here. But I really trust that Cameron Carr and Freddy De Leon will be two very good players. I think those two big, good players and. Uh, uh, Phillips and Estrella, and we always have help on the way. And we we didn't have Connect on the team until May. So you never know what's going to happen. But I trust Rick Barnes to run his program well enough to be winning 20 games a year. And I think we, we will be there again next year.
2: You know, I said a, I said a, like, a couple podcasts ago, but, like, I really think that this team, and, you know, with all this happening at the beginning of SEC play, I feel like it's in our benefit because – you see this team going through adversity. They go down 11 to Georgia on the road. They come back and win, right? I mean, you need games like this to, you know, when you get to March, you know. And it's going to happen to where, yeah, you know what? Think about it. When we won the SEC, we go to March, we, we mess up. you yeah. have all this trouble in the SEC this year. I'm hoping it's the you know complete opposite and we have just a miraculous March.
1: So are you kind of seeing this as, like, I don't want to say our last uh, – kind of like our last chance?
2: I wouldn't say last chance, but, like, I mean, this team is just – it is. It's its just loaded with talent. I mean, you got you all think- the veterans. Yeah, you got all the veterans. You got the, the skill. You got the coach. Uh, you got the fan base. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say, like, how this should – be a championship team.
1: I think, if anything, um, if you want to nitpick, I mean, you could say we could probably use some more like down below defense in the paint. It'd probably be nice to have that. Maybe one more like paint guy and then one more shooter. But Ganey could be that if he could hit a shot.
2: Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I think you yeah. have a good point. I think it has all the making, it has everything that good teams need. So
2: Yeah, you got the yeah, shooters I, off the bench. I mean
0: I, th- I think it's very good to be working out all the kinks in the first first half of January rather than in March. So hopefully by the time we get to March, all the kinks are worked out and we're hitting on all cylinders. That's what every team hopes for. Well, I mean
1: in the it's it's also a good sign that like we won and we're still talking about like we're we're finding the negatives in a win. Like, yeah, I mean not like we lost.
0: And... Yeah, it's it's like Jim said this this team has all the pieces. So it's it's a good sign that we're still nitpicking after a loss because we ha- hold, hold them to such a high standard because like it's like Jim said they're they're skilled, they're deep, they're experienced. They have all the tools. They just got to work everything out before before we get there.
1: Mm-hmm. So um if are y'all good on the Talking the men.
0: I want to say one more thing. Okay. About Grant, Grant Ramey tweeted this out. Uh, he went through the stats of Dalton Connect on the road. He is 43 of 70 from the floor, good for 61% shooting, and averaging 31.3 points per game on the road. Um, and Rick Barnes compared him to Kevin Durant after the game, the, the way he plays on the road. So, if you're getting that kind of praise from a guy like Rick Barnes, who normally never goes out of his way to praise his players, you're doing something right.
1: Well, and obviously, he coached Kevin Durant, so he would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Kevin Durant's all, all over Instagram, pumping up Dalton Connect. <laughs> I mean, he he he's a big fan.
2: I mean, Dalton Connect looks like uh, a future NBA role player, like. This guy, I mean, he could score all over. Yeah, but anyways, I know we got to get to other topics. <laughs> we could talk yeah, about no, him for no, days.
1: Um, I was just gonna real quick. We always do this. Uh, we got to talk some ladies, and uh, unfortunately, our good news streak ended today. We had, like, yeah, we had like three weeks in a row. Of uh, positive, uplifting talk, and then they laid a stinker today at Texas A&M. But you know, like Ryan says, it's not exclusive to the men's game. Winning on the road and they, and women's basketball is hard too. So the three and one yeah. in conference, it's not like a disaster or anything. I mean, they got good wins over Auburn, Kentucky, and Florida. Um, you'd have liked to have the one today, but you know, it is what it is. I don't know if y'all had any thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, it just seems like Texas A&M is not. I mean, they're they're fourteen and three overall. They were one and two in conference before today. Um, it would have it just been nice for to see the ladies pull out that win, but it's certainly it's like you said, Bryce. It's it's a far cry from where we were a month ago talking about them. And and really, without that loss to MTSU, I don't think anybody would be very very concerned about them right now.
1: No, I mean you got. That's the only, like, you know, embarrassing one. I mean, you can say the Ohio State one was a pretty bad one, but, I mean, they're ranked now. They they ended up being a lot better than the preseason projection. And, you know, so Indiana as well, I don't think that's a terrible loss. So we'll see. They they have another road game coming up. They got to play Mississippi State um, Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. So hopefully they get back in the winning column on that one. All right. Jim, got a question for you. hmm What do you think about Kalen Abor?
2: I think it's a miss.
1: Okay, don't elaborate yet. Ryan, what do you
0: think?
2: Um, don't elaborate.
0: It, it's 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 a it's a good R.
1: Okay. I think <laughs> It's not going to work out. So, Jim, tell us why you think that.
2: I don't know. Just his track record. And it's just, like, I get his records like 120 and like 10. I don't know. But it's just not what it, he's not ready for the SEC. I just don't see it. And he's got a lot of kids leaving from the transfer portal already. Um
1: 25.
2: Yeah, and I I don't think that's even close to what what the numbers is going to be by the time spring's over. But um yeah, I just I don't know. I'd be ha- like I'm not saying he's like a trash coach. I mean, he's not a trash coach. But I feel like if I was Alabama, I would have done everything in my power to get Dan Lanning. Like I would have been as a as a rival fan like I'd be worried if they would have gotten Dan Lanning.
1: I agree because Dan Lanning has experience in the South, you know, not, not a ton obviously, but it was to the point where Nick Saban wanted to hire him back. I think it was in 2018 before he went to Georgia. Like he was a graduate assistant in Tuscaloosa for a year and he made an impression on Saban to the point where Saban wanted him back. Um, So, I and, you know, Lanning is obviously a lot younger. Um, He's done a lot at Oregon. Kalen DeBoer, don't, don't get this wrong. He seems like a great guy, and I think he's a great football coach. I mean, everywhere the dude goes, he wins. He's like 109 and 12 in his coaching career. But there's a lot of difference between coaching at the University of Sioux Falls and the University of Alabama. I mean it it doesn't necessarily translate the best high school coach isn't going to be the best college coach um and my number one thing jim like supporting your argument is washington has all the momentum in the world like well he's won he's lost three games in two years since he's been there right and they still finish with the 36th ranked recruiting class like that should be a red flag in my opinion because we've kind of talked about it before I don't think there's anything about Alabama that's inherently great at like getting recruits I think that was Saban so Kalen DeBoer is not necessarily like it's not like he's a great recruiter I mean he hasn't been at Washington he hasn't been a great recruiter so I would be worried about it from that angle if I was an Alabama fan. I think he is going to get he, – he's going to be a great X and O's coaches. Like, he's, he's not one of those coaches that's going to do some, like, befuddling shit that, like, loses you the game. Um, But I do worry – no, I don't worry. I mean, I hope it happens. I, I, I don't think he'll be able to get the same talent that Saban did.
0: Yeah, I don't think – anybody who's going to get the same talent that Nick Saban was able to get to Alabama. I don't necessarily think that people leaving Alabama at this point is his fault, really. I mean, we we talked about it on Wednesday or Thursday, our our last episode. Like, no no matter who you hire, people are going to leave because they committed to Nick Saban and not necessarily Alabama. Marlon Humphrey tweeted today that I I, I, would have transferred out too. And Alabama fans didn't like that at all. but um,
1: Nobody goes there for the program. They go there for Saban.
0: Yeah, for sure. And speaking to his recruiting in Washington, um, it's very hard to recruit at Washington because you're so far away from the South and the other school in the Northwest is a juggernaut in recruiting. But I think he's going to do just fine in recruiting in Alabama. He has all the resources in the world, but... I still think, even though I do think it's a good hire, that it's in in, in a lot of ways uh, a sacrificial lamb because the first guy is never going to live up.
1: Well, I mean, it, that's probably why they couldn't get – I don't care what Greg Burns says. There's no possible way that DeBoer was their number one choice. And here's the thing. Like, if he goes 9-3 and three this year – he might survive it just because it's his first season. But I promise you, if he goes nine and three next year, he's getting fired.
2: You really think that?
1: I really do. I, I don't think Alabama fans, I think they're so spoiled. Like 10 and two at Washington gets you a raise and an extension. 10, oh, and, yeah. two, 10 and two at Alabama gets you fired. Like, the expectation has been – I mean, it's the same thing. I've been comparing it to the Lady Balls, but it's even better than that, really. Um, like, Holly Warlick never stood a chance because of the expectation. It's the same thing with Alabama football, in my opinion. Like, they're so – what he had a stretch where he won six national – I think it was like six national titles in 12 years or something. Like, right or not, they're going to expect to win with their next coach. So I really don't think I think he can have I think he can have one, you know, mediocre season in their terms. And then after that, there's gonna be like no margin for error. He can't go to Alabama and go eight and four two years in a
0: row. I agree with that, Bryce. I, I, I just think that anytime a division one school has a job opening and they can pull a power five sitting head coach that was just in a championship game to their school. You can't really call it a, a bad hire. That's uh, that, that. That's just all I'm saying. I, I know, relative to what Alabama has been, it very well will be a bad hire. But it's kind of a, a hard thing to compare it to. I, I think the hire itself is 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 a good one.
1: Yeah, I I don't think bad hire is the right word. I would just say like underwhelming. I guess I don't know. I and I don't really know what that what the best hire would have been because. You know, it's kind of tough, but if I was an Alabama fan, I would have probably wanted something more. I don't know. There's just no proof of concept for it. Like, DeBoer's never recruited in the South, he's never had a giant job. I mean, whatever you think of Washington, it's nowhere close to being an SEC job still. So I think, I think that's, you know, time will tell. I mean, I hope it doesn't work out.
0: We all don't. <laughs>
2: I expect them to have three to four losses.
1: I mean, the most exciting thing about it, I mean, regardless, it's definitely exciting for, I would say, who it benefits the most is probably Tennessee and Auburn. And hear me out. We're no longer going to, all of us BVS sufferers, are no longer going to, in my opinion, automatically circle an L at Alabama. And then Auburn, Hugh Freeze, I think, can – which, by the way, Auburn had a really good season this year that kind of went under the radar. Like, they they ended up with a better record than most people thought they were going to. I think Hugh Freeze is going to capitalize on this and get Auburn back into, like, national relevance. Like, just the way that – I think he can definitely take advantage of this in-state is what I'm saying. He's, He's a proven track record in the South. Kalen DeBoer doesn't. I think this benefits Auburn a lot. And I think it'll be interesting to see how all the dominoes fall.
2: Yep. Yeah, yep. I agree. I mean, like I said, I think a lot more kids are going to leave the school too. And um, I think, I like I said, it. I don't know if I said it on the pod or not, but Tennessee now, if you could, I'm not saying Alabama is a win, but. Now you can throw that as a for-sure toss-up game. And um, Tennessee could be looking at a pretty good season if they could win at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is the game for Tennessee this coming year. And if you could go beat NC State, you could go beat Oklahoma, you're looking at a really good season for Tennessee. That's just my opinion.
1: Hey, Tennessee could end up – we could have a
0: 2019 LSU season, dude.
2: I'm telling you, dude, a lot of people want to come play with Nico.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're already benefiting from Nick Saban leaving, if you want to h- hop into that, Bryce.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit – it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, Jim. I mean, have you heard anything?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for most people wanting to, you know, hear about a, a certain LSU transfer, um, I, I've heard some good things about it. I think I think he's – a Tennessee lock I think it's just at what point do we hear um per Austin Price it's uh gonna be on a weekday a business day so I assume sometime probably Tuesday or Wednesday we might hear maybe Z- Z- Lance heard five-star offensive tackle will probably be the starting left left tackle to protect protect uh Nico's blind side and hopefully John Campbell's okay with going to the right side and uh But, yeah, should be really good news coming Tennessee's way in regards to the offensive line this week.
1: And then, uh, as Ryan alluded to, we did secure a tight end from Alabama, Miles Kitzelman. He's a junior. He's got two seasons of eligibility remaining. He's never really been a big receiving option for Bama, but he can block. Uh, He's a big old boy. So, that'll just another depth option in the tight end room. Never hurts. So yeah. that'll be that'll be interesting, and then the other big transfer news we needed to get to tonight. Um, I, so I mentioned the other day in our group chat. I mentioned that if Hurd comes to Tennessee, he's obviously going to play left tackle, right? Well, if John Campbell was in his feels a little bit about it, um, so I, I, I tossed out the idea that maybe. If Campbell was that unhappy, and if he left, perhaps Gerald Mincy would come back and play right tackle, but apparently uh, that is not going to be happening, because Gerald Mincy made a befuddling decision to, Terrible. to go to Lexington and start for the Wildcats. So, as a Tennessee fan, I mean, in my opinion, it's not even worth getting mad about, because James Pierce is going to take his lunch money.
0: Yeah, Correct. speaking to speaking to that, Bryce, I do not think it's a given that Hard will slide in and play left tackle immediately. Because John John Campbell is about to enter his what 60 year of football. So I think you rolled the experience there. I mean, he he was a solid, solid left tackle last year. I think you, oh, yeah. you probably you probably ask Hurd to play right tackle. And if he wants to whine about it, you know, he he. I don't think. Well, that's
1: the thing, though, Ryan. I don't think he comes here if he doesn't, because that's the whole reason he's leaving LSU. Because yeah, he got all pissed because I I can't remember the guy's name, but LSU had a sophomore that won the left tackle job and at a camp last summer and did phenomenal at it. So like, he knew he wasn't getting. He didn't want to play right tackle again. So I mean, who knows? I mean, he maybe he'd be more open to it if he knows it's like a short term thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking about Gerald Mincy, I have talked about it before. He he didn't want to play right tackle either. The problem well, was he, he wasn't Yeah, he wasn't good enough at either spot to really merit messing with it. And at this point he's just making the, the SEC East rounds. Like I, who, who whichever side Mincy plays at whatever tackle spot he plays at at Kentucky put Pierce on that side. Please. I mean, I
1: think Mincy is like an average starter in the SEC. I don't I he doesn't suck, but I don't think he's like well, put it this way, I'd rather have Hurd or Campbell. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to belittle him or anything, but it just seems like he's getting bad advice. Because Terrible advice. Put, Tennessee just put a right tackle top 10 in the draft not less than a year ago. Like it's not that that big of a difference in my eyes.
1: The only thing that I can think of is perhaps Kentucky was willing to pay him more than we were. Like, I cannot imagine that we had a bag waiting for Mincy.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I mean, Herd's going to get a bag. I mean, yeah. that dude could go pretty much anywhere in the SEC, anywhere in college football and be a starter. So, well,
1: exactly. And obviously, Campbell got something to come back. So, I, I think it's as simple as he's kind of pouting about it. And he it was kind of like short-term gain over the long-term best for his career, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, but I, I'm happy about it. I think if John Campbell could just hang in there, play right tackle, I think this team's going to be set at an offensive line this, this coming year.
1: Do you think – I mean, we can get into that. I mean, I know it's not over. It's far from over. Like, there will be another round this spring, but – What do you guys think so far? I know it was um, when we did our questions episode back in the fall. Several people asked us questions about, like, the line depth. Do you guys think we addressed it enough? Assuming we get heard. Assume we get heard.
0: And campus. I I
2: think we did. Go ahead.
0: I'm I'm sorry, Jim. Um, No, you're good. I, I think we did just because of the high school recruits you got. And, like, even if we didn't get a transfer out, I, th- I think these high school recruits are good. And I think combining that with the return of Cooper Mays and John Campbell and hopefully Spragans, I, th- I think we're, we're we're in a pretty good spot on the line next year. It, the, the recruiting class for next year is going to tell the story of whether this line is going to be effective or not for the immediate future, in, the, in my eyes.
1: The other guard spot is a concern. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, Jim, like, do you think Lampley can – is do you think that's a sufficient starting option?
2: Ah, I, Time will tell. I mean, isn't uh, Carrick coming back? I think
0: so. Because
2: I think he'll be a, an option for, you know, Josh Heupel. I feel like he is probably the most experienced that we have left, right? I feel like.
1: Yeah, so. I mean and we'll we'll learn a lot more this spring too. So is there are there any other other than Hurd? Are there any other transfers that you guys have your eye on? Any anybody else in the works you think or you think we're pretty much done with the big big time additions?
2: I wouldn't say he's big time, but I did see that we have a Stanford defensive lineman coming to visit this weekend.
1: That would be nice. We haven't really done much on the defensive line.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a tackle. Defensive tackle.
0: Bryce, if, if you posed the same question you posed to me about the offensive line, talking about the defensive line, I, I would agree with Jim because we didn't sign a single defensive lineman out of out of high school.
1: Do we know if Norman Lott's coming back?
2: I'm pretty sure he is.
1: Okay. That makes me feel a little better, and obviously Big O's back too. And friend of the show, Jamal Wallace, will be, will be there.
2: Yeah, uh let me see, I'm trying to find his name. But he's a four star defensive lineman from uh, Stanford. Um let's see. Uh let's see. Why can't I find his name? But um Oh, it's because uh you have to pay for a subscription to see the article. Isn't that something? Um... Twenty two four seven. You need to get on that. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But anyway, he's a four-star defensive lineman, um, out of Stanford, coming to visit this weekend. So, should be a big pickup if we can, uh, you know, get that going. Absolutely. Oh, Kiana Williams is his name. Yep.
1: That's it. Gotcha.
2: No, it's not. Anyway, <laughs> dude, you can't find anything on the I'm internet because sure you have to pay for a subscription.
1: I'm pretty sure me and you just looked at the same exact thing. On, <laughs> Probably,
2: it's just like I'm not paying a dollar to read an article. I'm just not doing it. I'm trying to find it, fellas, but it looks like uh, it's a no go. Um, <laughs> just impossible to find because uh, you got to pay money to see stuff. The point. Okay, is- wait. Oh. wait.
1: Why are wait. they hiding this? It's like it's like fucking NASA secrets or something. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's like, dude, it's just an a lineman from Stanford. It's he's not from Alabama. Come on, yeah. now. Yeah, this isn't nuclear launch codes we're
0: trying to uncover here. Good lord. Anyway, we might get a, a, a defensive
1: line transfer if Congress unseals the fucking information. We'll tell you more about it.
2: <laughs> Come uh, on. Now.
1: So, <laughs> guys, anything else y'all want to get to today? We got through a lot.
2: Basketball. No, I'm still trying to find it. It's okay, impossible. I don't even care
1: anymore. I don't <laughs> care. I hope he doesn't come.
2: Yeah. Sorry. I, you know, if, you, if somehow you hear this, we we appreciate you coming, but we have no idea who you
0: are. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway. Guys, I, I'm looking forward to a 20-plus point win against Florida on Tuesday night, and I'm looking forward to – Zaylance hurt's commitment.
1: Yeah, we might have some big stuff to talk about this week, so
2: Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Big win. Let's beat Florida's ass and keep SEC playing.
1: Mm-hmm. Go balls, baby.
2: Go balls. Go balls.